0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good afternoon, America. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in today, Sunday, September 4, 2016, for another segment of BJ Speaks, an interview with. On this show, I interview individuals who are extraordinary individuals, everyday people who you may or may not have heard of, but who are doing incredible things in their lives and or their respective communities or professions. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or or my guests, you may do so at 347-539-5372, Again, that call-in line is 347-539-5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to inbox me, you may send me an email at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks with an S, listen at gmail.com. I'd like to say thank you for being so supportive. This is our ninth month in, in operation we started doing this at, at, at Everyday Folks through Blog Talk on January 1st, 2016. So nine months later, we still exist, and we have over 40 episodes that have been taped, live broadcast, and we thank you, our listeners, for your continued support. And in that time as well, we've also added additional programming to the show. So I thank you as well on behalf of our Journey, in, journey into Passion with Anika S, and as well as a day, Keeping Up with K-Pop with our K-pop crew. These shows could not survive if it weren't for your continued listenership. So we thank you. Tune into those shows. There are more coming. We have our weekend lineup. So this Friday and Saturday, you will be receiving additional programming and live broadcasts of those respective shows. I'll mention those before we sign off today. As well, I'd like to give a shout out to the South Florida Writers Association. Yesterday, um, as a member of the South Florida Writers Association, I had the esteemed pleasure of meeting such extraordinary writers and independent thinkers who reside here in my own hometown of Miami and the one thing I can say that is true is that each month for $75 a year for my association membership I'm getting lectures and seminars that would be easily worth three or four hundred dollars per visit and so I would like to thank the author who spoke yesterday Marcia Sims who is a renowned author and a professional organizer for her extraordinary talk with us and her encouragement. I told her this, and Marsha, if you're listening, I'd like to share this. You are a breath of fresh air. So thank you so much for your continued support and your insights as a professional author. And as well, for those of you who are interested in learning more about Marsha Sims, stay tuned because we will be having her on the show later this year um, as an interview guest. Enough of all of that. I'm in the studio today with someone who is very special to me. I always say she's one of my daughters. And I'd like to read the bio that I placed for her on the blog and on the webpage so that you can get a sense of who she is in case you weren't able to read her bio. Shante Brown is a national officer for the National Distinction Society. She's the national secretary. The National Distinction Society is the governing body of Lambda Omicron Delta Sorority Incorporated and Mu Omicron Delta Fraternity Incorporated. She joins me today for a variety hour, covering various topics. The one that we're gonna be covering today is workplace etiquette. And I don't want you to miss this show because Shante has, I've seen her incredible journey from student to professional, and I'm just so proud of the woman she's always been and even more so the woman she has become. So please join me in welcoming my friend, Shante Brown. How are you, Shante? I'm great. I appreciate your coming into the studio. And I also realize, you have a busy schedule. Yeah. You, I don't know when you sleep or when you don't work. <laughs> but I'm so grateful for the time that you provided. And people here are interested. I have to tell you, I have two or three um, e- emails now from folks who are tuning in because they have some questions about workplace etiquette. And they don't even know what we're going to talk about yet. <laughs> so and yet, I thank you for always being forward. And some of you are very loyal fans. But we do appreciate your continued feedback, folks. So, Shantae, I have a question for you. All this stuff, you do a lot, okay? In the midst of working, you, you are, you've been in, in Distinction Society. We had the National Vice a few months ago, Andrea Nicholson, on the show, which was another phenomenal segment. So, for you, what is Distinction Society? What is it to you?
2: For me, Distinction Society is a family. And it's, it's not just meeting people. Uh-huh. You're, you're getting to know getting to know everyone and on a personal level. And with Distinction Society, we not only just have community service events, we also try to give spirit and and show our spirit everywhere that we go. And that's what it's about, making a connection. Sometimes it's not always based on the monetary thing, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's a connection that people are looking for, and that's what we provide.
1: And it's nice to be part of a family. I think people have a stigma against us Greeks Mm -hmm. in terms of that fact that you pay money to buy friends. Mm -hmm. And I could honestly say, if it weren't, DS is our second family. Mm -hmm. It provides that foundation. And there's so much incredible work going on. And in the past years, you and I have been working together about a decade now. Mm -hmm. I mean, from everything from Ronald McDonald House Mm -hmm. to um, Relay for Life, the list goes on and on, folks, what DS does. And she sits at the helm as number three in rank. At the national office, I, I have to share this that throughout life you worked in, in several places and um, in, in several places for a long period of time. Yes. So we can say that I can probably say you are an expert on work et- etiquette. And so here's my first question to you What is work eti- etiquette in your own words? What does it mean to have that? And do does everybody possess it?
2: No, everyone doesn't possess it. And work etiquette is. Being professional, whether no whether um, the situation,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, whether it's good or bad, still knowing and remembering where you are and to keep that professionalism at all times. Even when other people are around you mm-hmm. running around like chickens with their heads cut off, someone still has to be grounded in controlling the situation.
1: And even when people don't realize it, even when you're here, personal time, mm-hmm. even when you're off, you're still on. Yes.
2: Yeah. You yeah. never
1: know who you're going to run into yeah. at, the, at the store. Jasmine Sullivan says, you know, she never goes in the store without her mascara on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason why she says that. And she has a double reason why she says it in mm-hmm. her song. But from a professional standpoint, you never know who's watching. So you become an ambassador for your employer, who you're working for, even out in the community. Yeah. So I think it's true what you said. is It's the fact that it's what people don't do. and mm-hmm. We do have good etiquette. It's all the skills and the professionalism. That P word is powerful. And I think we've seen good examples. I think we represented good examples of professionalism. And I think we can name a, quite a few others who are spoiler for the bunch. And so what do you think are the best skills or traits that you think people should bring or have in the workplace today?
2: I would say the, the, the number one thing mm-hmm. is, being true to yourself and knowing what you're there for. If you know what you're there for, then everything else that comes along won't affect you and you mm-hmm. would be able to do your job based on what you're there for at, at your capacity.
1: That's a and very good point.
2: Instead of instead of trying to be someone else, just be yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people are caught up. Yeah. Job descriptions yeah. are are scripted realities that never are true.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: there's always that fine print and that last bulleted item that says other duties as a sign. Yes. And,
0: some people, <laughs> uh-uh. and that can
1: be a good or a bad thing. If your workhorse is like us, it's a bad thing because then we get tasked more. When you're yes. very skilled, people want more from you. Yes. But it's very true that people, part of any job, I say this to my students, the, two weeks ago, we started fall mm-hmm. at Broward College, and I said, any one of the most basic things you need for any job is showing up.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> show up and show up on time, right?
0: Yes.
1: Come to work and come prepared to work because things are happening. We all still have lives outside of work. Mm-hmm. But come to work and come on time. Yes. Arrive on time. Do you find that sometimes that is a challenge for some people?
2: Yes, and it's like it's, it's an everyday thing, but why? Why? It's you're, you know you're coming here this day. You've known this. A month ago, two months ago. A <laughs> you know your ago. schedule. Yes, you know your schedule.
1: So <laughs> why still show up late? Hmm. It's funny because we live in a, a major city. And for those of you who are listening to the show, I have to share this. When you live in a city like Miami, traffic is extra here. It is very extra. Those of you who live in California, such areas such, such as Los Angeles or L.A., I think you can relate. Atlanta, you can relate. New York, you surely can relate. So any major progressive city has its throes of... Challenges with traffic. So if you have to be at work at eight, which is my case, mm-hmm. so I, on on a Tuesday, Thursday, I have an eight a.m. class. I have to leave my house by six thirty, six twenty five, to get there by seven twenty, to final to to get my studies of my mi- my mind in order, mm-hmm. before I can start delivering to a sea of thirty students. And so that's my commitment. And it, and if it rains, I better leave an extra fifteen or twenty. Oh, yes. And so sometimes people like to use those things as excuses, would you say? And your point is very valid. What, what's the excuse? If you know what your schedule is, be where you need to be. Exactly. Go to sleep earlier, get off of social media, and do what you need to do, right? Right. <laughs> do you feel that's ageless? Yes. All across ages, right? Yes. And
2: it, 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 it's for everyone because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. You have to be on
1: time. you got to be on time, folks. And I, and I also have to share this as another skill, and Shante may agree. Shantae, folks, they're literacy. Now, their version of computer literacy is very different than ours. Would you say, I mean, for instance, what does that mean? Does that mean that you can turn on a computer or send an email? Because to me, those things are expectations. <laughs> yes, it
2: should be. I, I think that goes with the, the age and the generation, depending. It's true. On on your age that may determine where you are as far as being computer illiterate. Mm-hmm. Yes, like you said, turning on the computer, some people may think, okay, I can I can do that. But going into Word, can you actually type up a document? Can yeah. you do something in Excel? Can you present a, a a PowerPoint presentation? It it all depends.
1: It all depends. And folks, we live in a society where smart doc smartphones. And other mobile technologies are available to us. It's it's unacceptable <laughs> if you're entering the workforce today and don't know how to use the basic forms of those things. Right. I was just chatting with a dear friend of mine, Kareem, who you know as well, Shantae, and we were just chatting about the fact that people don't even. I, I even get things done in the meeting through text sometimes. Right. If I'm making a basic informal decision, let's say I'm award, ordering awards or I'm trying to decide or approve my okay on a on a on a on a, on a catering menu. Okay. Granted, I'll still get to the email and send my email, but I need to also get things moving while I'm not moving on things. Do you find yourself in situations like that sometimes, too? You're getting your best work done through text?
2: Yes. Even though it's just this little few little words, but you can get it out and it goes fast. And that's that's basically what this age has come to now. So text savvy. You can get a text message for this, oh, for an account
0: ballots
2: or even something like that right to your phone but it
1: you you have to be aware you got to be aware folks you're listening live to me and the amazing shante brown national secretary of the national distinction society if you'd like to speak to her or me during our live broadcast you may do so at 537-539-5372 again our call in line is 537-539-5372 and also, if you'd like to email us, you may do so. And I thank you. I'm going to actually read a comment for you, Shante. There are a couple here already. Please email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everyday at gmail.com. So, Shante, we have an email from Rolando from Miami, Florida. Rolando, thank you for listening to our show here in our hometown. He asked the following: What ticks you off at work, Shante? For me, it's people who don't complete their work or basic instructions. So what gets under your nerve
2: at work? I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on that as well. If, if you gone through the interview process, if you need a training, you've got your training. You know what you need to mm-hmm. do. Why is it that you still are not able to complete your daily task? There should be no reason or even slacking off. And it's some people that it it irks my nerves that you can come here and get a job, but then you don't want to be here. And you'll complain every day that you don't want to be here, but you still show up. There's Mm. someone else that actually wants to have a job and would appreciate the income, but you're
1: playing games. Yes.
2: Playing games with
1: it. You know, another, I'll add to that. That's a very good one. And I'll add to that question as well. Folks who don't read their emails or write really lousy ones. So for instance, Granted, I'm an English professor, so I, I teach technical and academic writing. But if you want something from me, tell me what you want to start. Yes. Don't wait until a third or fourth paragraph. You gave me a whole bio, an anthology, and an anthem, and you decide to tell me what it is that you want.
0: Just get
1: to the point. Get to the point. Give me Just background historical info later. And so very often people don't know the email etiquette mm-hmm. or the fact that you should not email. Here's some email etiquette pieces. Never email when you're angry.
0: No.
1: Right? Because when you do, you, you hit send, you can't recall it, even no. if you try. Mm-mm. Right? Mm-mm. And there, Another one. You should always spell check your emails. It's always important, especially if you're sending something out to a massive audience. Always important to do so, right?
2: You can put
1: technology now. It doesn't before you even send it. Yes. So there's no excuse. No, there's no excuse. If <laughs> we predict the text, Shantae is right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Third. So what's a third one. Never ever... Don't send when your signatures, because, you know, people like to hit send the, in their signatures or their emails, they'll put all kinds of things, like a famous quotes, a biblical phrase, because unless the company approves, you have to be careful what you send, right? And then the fourth one, there was one that I'm. There was one that was very important. What was it? What was it? What was it? It hit me. It hit me. I can't recall what it was, but, but it was a fourth one, and, it, and, and I, it, it escaped me now, but I'll bring it back. But these email etiquette rules are important yes. because people so often don't realize that these things are challenges in the workplace and you can't bring those kinds of challenges. And, and those things can be called or subpoenaed in court. In fact, some of my emails were done that way because of a faculty relation issue that I had when I was an administrator and they were used as evidence to help support the college and yes. getting rid of that faculty. That's
2: hard. That's
1: hard. It's very hard evidence. So What supervisor has been your biggest inspiration?
2: My biggest inspiration has been um, my my last supervisor, which was at my stint in uh, Miami-Dade College, where I worked Mm -hmm. for nine years at the Kendall campus. And my director, Miss Regina Ferguson, she was the best. She is a great woman. She was the best. She is where I can see as far as some of my um, etiquette within the office mm-hmm. that I have received from her because she doesn't allow people to run uh, run over her or to just dump their problems on her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to work it out. Don't just come and give it to me or I'm not going to just throw this on your desk. For you to do. We, we're going to do it together. We work as a team. And that's how she is. And that's mm. what I love about her because she is, to me, the definition of an actual boss and a team member, and some people like to just have the title mhm, and
1: that's it. She walks a walk, and you know i you and I know Miss Ferguson well, you know what I think I like about her. She is a fire extinguisher,, yes. and people don't know how much stress that puts on a supervisor. Mm-hmm. you never see her frown. you never see her upset. She always was poised, professional, and had such grace. Yes. In her actions.
0: Never raised her voice.
1: Never raised her voice. Never had to. No. And I feel that those leaders are the ones that we find often we like to emulate yeah. in our lives. I don't want you to name my name, but I want you to describe a supervisor, perhaps, who would not be the best example of leadership for you in the workplace. And I'll share mine as well. I call him the gremlin. <laughs> it,
2: it would be someone that that micromanages. I'm. I know we've had this conversation before, as far as with um like millennials. And even though I'm on, I guess you would say I'm on the higher. You're on the cusp. Yeah, the cusp, but you still, yeah, of the, of the millennials. But I, I still am. I don't. I don't like people standing over me when I I'm agree. doing my job. I understand what I have to do. Give it to me, and I'll go ahead and do it. I don't like people micromanaging me because it messes me up with what I'm trying to do, and that affects my work my uh, my work ethic. So someone that stands over you all the time is always looking, okay, so are you done yet? When I'm finished with it, I'll, I'll provide it for you. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't trust me, then why give it to me?
1: Well said. That is a very good point, Shante. Very often, I don't like micromanagers either. I'm like, let people do their jobs. People have their job. That's why you hire them. Right. So let them do their job in, in their own time. Right. And their checks and balances are important. Mm -hmm. But have faith that people will do what they do. And tell them that. So often bosses don't do that. They'll give you a directive and expect you to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. But when you do well, talk about the things that did work, not only pointing out the things that don't. Because it's easy for us to find the challenges first. And, you know, my former boss was the Gremlin. Hopefully he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to share this. The interesting thing about it is that excellence comes out of that but at what cost because my definition of excellence is different from yours it would be different it's all very subjective But I feel that if that vision is never shared then we're not gonna we're gonna have workplace conflict right. and then people are always on the edge to do their work right. and that's unhealthy it's very unhealthy I have another question for you Shantae it's coming from Tina from Hollywood Florida thank you for listening Tina and here's the question it says Shantae how do you find peace and comfort at work, or does it exist?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tina. <laughs> it, it it exists, but you have to believe that it does because that's um that's one thing that I can I can think back on as far as for beginning my career. Someone told me that, oh Shantae, she's always smiling. And she's never in in everyone's business or the gossip around the office. Mm -hmm. And I actually said it back and I thought about it. I was like, they're right, because when I come here, I'm focused on work, not on the other activities in the office. And that's what everyone should be focused on. Not based on what this person is doing outside of work, even though they're at work, what this person is wearing. It really doesn't matter because we're all here to do Maybe different tasks, but we're all here to get our work done. That's
0: right. But, yes,
2: that is – you You can't have peace at work if you already set your mind to it before you arrive. And I try my best to pray before I get to work, set the atmosphere for the day.
1: It's funny. We spend so much of our lives at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I always say this. You spend a lot of time at work around people who you may not have – will not connect with on a social or personal level they become your second family. So my attitude is, well, why not just be nicer? Right. If, if I got to spend my life in my life, some people have died at work with sharpshooters and, and snipers and, and all other kinds of um, mass. What do they call those? those? Those shootings that happen at work and people going postal, for instance, people have died at work. They went, they woke up in the morning with the same ideas that we all have the inclination that, Hey, this is going to be a day. It's unpredictable but they never went back home. Yeah. So therefore I say all that not to be negative, but to say, well, if that's the case and that we make so much of a risk to go to work, why not enjoy it? Why not try to make the best of it? And if it's not working that way, then you got to find something that does. Would you agree?
2: Yes. Yes, I agree. Because it, it, it makes the, it makes the, <clears throat> the flow of the work day go along and just what, what really uh, one more thing that gets up under my skin with, Go with work etiquette oh my gosh being courteous mm-hmm. just say hello we don't have to be friends right. if I see you in passing I'm going to speak but to not open your mouth and say anything as if I did something to you the night before when I haven't seen you at all until today that really upsets me yeah. because you should at least be cordial and sometimes it even comes from a leader. Mm. And it's like, how does that how do you what what does that really say about you? Because you're the leader and you can't even open your mouth to say good morning. So how or um how are you?
1: I think that's I agree with that. That's so rude. It's rude. I mean, at the end of the day, it does not hurt to say hello.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't hurt to say hi or good morning. No, granted, I don't want people all in my face as much in the yeah, morning either. We don't have
0: to be best friends. We don't have to be best
1: friends, but, but at least say, hey, how are you? I always wonder when we ask that question, do we really mean it?
0: Yes. <laughs> it's like, how are you? Like, do I really
1: want to know how you're doing? But it's almost like that. that is the expected thing to do in a very professional environment. But I think, honestly, most people are genuine in their in their requests, especially with people you like at work, yeah. your BFFs at work, because those are the individuals who make the day great. Yeah. And when things aren't going so great, you got to have each other's backs. I had a boss one time who did not like the fact that I backed my fellow colleague, another leader, and I, I didn't like the fact that he would beat up on her all the time. And I thought to myself, how can I help? And he even commented one time that I, why are you always saving her? You're always butting in. I said, well, at the end of the day, her work impacts my work. And if she's not succeeding, I'm not succeeding. Right. So if there's a problem with that, and I think, and he and he said, well, you just have to make sure you stay in your lane. And I said, well, but am I not being evaluated on how I interact with others? and my professional interaction with my peers? <laughs> so I'm kind of confused here. At one minute, I'm supposed to be doing that. But at the other minute, I guess I am stepping over my bounds. But the work that she's doing, she's asking me a question. And I don't see why I can't pick up the phone and answer it. Yeah. And so it's very interesting how people, once they get to the top, there is loneliness and leadership. I've mentioned that before, but you also have to remember what it's like being in the trenches. There's another question coming in, and it's actually for me, but Shantaya, you can hear it as well. It's from Nick from Miami, Florida. Thank you for listening, Nick. He asks the following, are there any good books about workplace etiquette that I should read? Nick, there are two books that I want to give you. The titles are really awesome. The first book is called, and I actually wrote it here. It's funny; I wrote them two here, the two here, because I was going to mention it to Shantae. and that is "The Ape in the Corner Office." It's a great book, and is, it's by Richard Cornith. And the purpose of the book it talks about it talk, talks about the primate nature of apes and how really their nature is no different than how people act in the workplace. <laughs> and so, I recommend the book. It's a really thought provoking work. And then the second work that I recommend is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. And it is another book about workplace etiquette and the fact that some people get very territorial and situational with their work and where their work space. And they forget that at the end of the day, the socialization of work automatically affords people the opportunity to invade your space. Mm-hmm. So nothing is technically yours when you work for someone. Exactly. And so it's a, those books I, I offer them because they're fun titles. They're easy reads. You can read them, as a, read them sitting at the doctor's office. You can read them for leisure for over a weekend, but they're consumable works that I think would be helpful, Nick. So we hope you like those. So Shante, you, you've, you've done a lot. I've seen your growth. So let's project out. The year is, what are we, 2016? Mm-hmm. The year is 2026. By then, I'll be 25. <laughs> you too, Shante. <laughs> so what do you see yourself in 10 years at work, in a work environment or wherever?
2: In 10 years, um, I hope so successful in, in my endeavors as far as from what I want to do and mm-hmm. the plans that I have in motion now mm-hmm. to... To be where I'm envisioning myself to be, especially within the next five years. And then within the next 10 to be set there and, mm-hmm. and then moving on from that point, I don't, I don't want to stay somewhere for too long, right. but
1: you, you still- Got to keep growing, moving. progressing, yeah, right? Progressing. You know, I, you know, my story and you see my evolution, half yes. of it. This last week started year 21 in my career. And it's been an amazing. I started at twenty one, much the same as you did, very young, working full time or part time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in my case, full time. And I have to tell you, I'm not the same professional I was before. The roads I thought I would have taken, I didn't take, but the ones I did, I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the heat of the moment, it, it's crazy. The struggle is real. Yes. But it was worth it. And and and, and I appreciate your sharing that. Call uh, listeners, if you have. Uh, an aspiration of where you'd like to be. It may not even be the fact that you'd like to be in the same workplace. Call into us. Our call in line is 347 539 5372. Again, the number is 347 539 5372. And our inbox, which many of you are sending, I have six other emails, by the way. You're sending in questions. Thank you for your questions and your comments. Our, our inbox is everyday. Folks, listen at gmail.com. Again, that is everyday, folks. Listen at gmail.com. Shantae, there's a question coming in from Dina of Orlando, Florida. Dina asked the following. Some people are more concerned about a paycheck than actual work. Is this a good thing in your opinion? And No. Mm -hmm.
2: Because the downside to it would be, and depending on your line of work, you're always working with someone, which is a customer, which is give and take. And if they're just focused on the paycheck, you don't really care about this person's needs. You are already formulating sometimes when they ask a question, the answer, and it's very basic. It's already already thought of. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's not genuine. But some people actually like their job, and they really don't care about the paycheck, it matters, but that's not their main focus because mm-hmm. they want to be there to help. So it it's it's a it's a yes and a no. It's the up and down side
1: to that. That is a wonderful response and I I totally agree. I took a choice to go back from dean to being a faculty. Mm-hmm. I say I always miss the checks but not the stress. Yes. And I love teaching. I've always loved teaching. So I don't feel like I'm I'm I I lost. I feel like I gained. I'm effectuating change in a whole new way. I'm operating in all of my talents. And I don't feel limited or stifled anymore. I feel like I'm growing and I'm going somewhere and I'm helping other people do so too. And it, what you said is absolutely right. It's, it's, you don't even start realizing the check comes. Yes, we need to live and eat. Mm-hmm. Checks are important. Yes. More of them in quantity and a value is important. <laughs> but we also have to acknowledge what Shante said is right on. And that is we have to be appreciative of what we have and look at the contribution to do what we can. Because at some point I'm not going to be working anymore. And somebody else's journey will be this, mm-hmm. and I will become part of history. Yeah. And so I think that was a very good question, Dina. Thank you for making us think. So, Shante, we're now half an hour. We only have 30 minutes left. Time is flying, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you, which pertains to people's entitlement. And I, you and I can think of a couple in our mind, having worked in the same environments. Do you think people sometimes can get too entitled at work?
2: Yes, they can, because they feel like what they've done is so amazing that mm. they should be the top of of the chain inside of the office or mm. inside of this um, a, a certain establishment. No, if, if you work hard to get to where you are, if you have to announce it for yourself, then no. very good point (laughs) if you have to announce it for yourself then no it's 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 only you claiming what you've done but no one else is really seeing it they see the opposite of what you're doing
1: well said it's funny you you made me think because i'm thinking of one person you both you and i probably think of that one person in particular where we once worked
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we can now say that in our past right but it's so funny because when i think of such individual. And it's a female. <laughs> I always wonder when you're doing that, what are you, what are you looking for? You're on a quest for relevance, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different thing than doing your job. Right. It's nice to get acknowledged for what you're worth. Mm-hmm. And some people do that for the various reasons. When you get a performance review, that's good. A good performance review, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It reflects also continuation of work and pay increase right. or at least potential. But then there are other individuals who just don't have anything to do. So they're so concerned with what other people are doing. And that's not their job.
0: No.
1: And so they get entitled because years of service, they think my years here affords me because I've been here long. I, therefore I know. And that may not always be the case. No. Right? No. And so there are several cases like that. who are, And I think those people are not prosperous at work. No. Those people are often very miserable. And they don't find good connections with people at work. So it's very hard to connect with that person. Even when you're in a social environment, like a birthday party or holiday dinner, luncheon, it's like, oh, gosh, who wants to sit by that person? Because what can you connect with if you're so entitled and consumed with your own agenda? Right. And I think sometimes at work, you have to realize that the agenda is always based on the team, the vision of the work that needs to be accomplished, and not necessarily on my own perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard line to draw because we, there should be some benefit for us in it, too, would you yeah. say? So it's just a, a very interesting question to ask. Shante, there's a question from Michael from Dallas, Texas. Hello, Michael, and thank you for listening, especially on Central Mountain Time. <laughs> <laughs> he asked the following question to you, Shante. I have a colleague who likes to talk about his personal matters way too much at work. And some of them are intimate, very intimate. What should I do? Hmm. Now, there's not a lot to go on, Michael. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I don't know. That's very it's very hard to answer because I'm um I'm I'm, I'm to myself. I can be outgoing when I want to be mm-hmm. to myself, but it's sometimes at work where I just want to be alone, especially if it's on my break and I have to speak to so many. Customly, mm. you so know, we get and it's like on my break time, I just want to just, just have, a WSR WSR yeah, have a moment. Yeah, a moment. Just take this time and and just recollect myself before I go back out. But it's like some people just have to talk, and they just have to tell you this, and they just have to tell you that. And what I would do is, if there's another place where you can go and eat, sometimes I would go if I can heat up my mm-hmm. lunch. And just go and sit in my car by myself. If the, I see the lunchroom is not too, like, packed, then I would stay. But if I know that person is coming, okay, let me just go heat up my food, and then I go sit in my car or go sit somewhere else so I can be alone at least for a, a few
1: minutes. And it's funny because by law, you are entitled to a break, and it is a non-duty um, hour or period. So you are not obligated to have lunch with anybody. Yeah. You don't choose to. When I first started as a high school teacher, I remember the our my, my department chair told me very well at the, my early days, I noticed you don't eat in the department anymore and that you stay in your classroom. And I'll be honest, the reason why I did it, and I, my response was because I, I get work done, but the truth was, there's all this rumor mongering going on. And I could care less what people are doing here, and I don't want to seem like I'm antisocial, but that's not the agenda I'm about. And some people don't realize that, that a non-duty lunch, a break is a non-duty period you are not obligated to have to do anything with anyone other than what you want to do off the clock. So I appreciate your saying that. And I think Michael, just in response to what Shantae said, I I only add, have you addressed this with your colleague? Because before you go and tell on someone, you have to acknowledge, acknowledge to say, I spoke to you. I have a problem with you. Can we please discuss it? Mm -hmm. But if you haven't given that person the benefit, it's not fair to that
0: person because
1: they may not have registered it. And I don't know what your report is with that individual. Nor do we want to be pro Michael or one sided for Michael because we don't know the whole circumstance. But I think the matters first is that you talk to the problem, the source of the problem, see where that is, and if that can't be rectified, then you go the next step by getting a mediator. But your goal should be in resolution to improve the workspace, not to not to sabotage or, 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 or impact someone in a harsh way. Yeah. So you got to make sure your reasons for asking or wanting this to stop will be beneficial for the growth of the of the of the of the unit, not just for the individual. Right. So it's a very good point, Shantae. It, it brings us to our next question: How does workplace gossip influence the work environment? Because people like to talk, a good talk.
2: That starts trouble. It does. It starts trouble. It starts chaos in the office where it doesn't need to be. Because. Now it, it starts, you know. They say the he say, she say, and you really at the end of the day, you really don't know who said it and who's being truthful about what was said. And that's one thing that I don't like, um, like talking behind people's back. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say something, or if if you're going to say something about someone, be truthful. If you don't like them, let them know. Or if you if you don't want to do or make that approach. And just try to stay away from it. No.
1: That's very true. And people have to be careful. I always say there are certain things you don't talk about at work. The three topics. What are they, Shante? No sex.
0: Nope. Religion. Yes. Yeah.
1: Or politics.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely- and, and under sex,
1: <laughs> even people's orientation, what they're doing or who they're dating. Because that could be seen as a form of harassment. Yeah. And you can be, you can be um, penalized, punished, if not terminated right. for such things. So I always say what people do in their personal lives is their business. Yes. Yeah. Because they don't get paid to tell you what they do in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that does come up. So there's a question, Shante. We're down to our last 20 minutes. Maria from Miami, Florida. Thank you for listening, Maria, right here in our hometown. She asked the following question. And it's a very interesting one. So here goes. I'm unhappy with my work, Shante. I've been in sales for many years. The money is great, but I don't feel fulfilled. What should I do?
2: I would say try to look for something that interests you again and work towards that to make your move to find something better.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Everyone starts out someplace and, and it may not be a desirable um, fit or or employment, but we have to start somewhere. And it's from there you should move your way up. Never, never stay Never stay um, in prison by this mm. place because yes, it's providing you a check, but this is not this is not the only place that would provide a check mm. for you. Try your best to to find something else that you would be interested in as far as for making your 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 life living.
1: Very good point, Shantae. I love that. I wrote it down. I have a a Shantaeism. <laughs> it said, "Never stay in prison." People do that all the time, you know. and you know some examples of that? Let's talk about some examples of that, in fact. For instance, people who like to live a certain lifestyle, yeah. self-imprisonment. Yes,
0: yeah, self-imprisonment.
1: <laughs> you have family. Mm-hmm. You know, That's family obligation imprisonment. <laughs> Not that we call it imprisonment. Imprisonment, but it is an obligation. Yeah. And then there are also school. school. People have to fund their schooling. Education is very costly, and people don't want to go for it as much because there are so many loans. Who wants to Pay all that for the rest of their lives. So therefore, now you have that obligation. There's another form of financial imprisonment. But I think the first one is a deadly one. Mm -hmm. People who live for stuff. Now, we like nice stuff. And we take trips. We have a trip coming up in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But we also plan for it. We work for it. And we're not doing this every weekend. No. You know, because we have to work. (laughs) And I think some people get caught up and they don't know how to distinguish between their wants and their needs. Would you agree?
2: Yes. So they call it keeping it with Josephs. Mm,
1: come on! <laughs> you,
2: it, you cannot live above your means when that's not the paycheck that's coming in. Yeah. You, it, it doesn't make any sense. And then it's like you're turning around and you're always, oh, I need help with this. Or why? If if I know that everyone knows that you you have a a, a source of income, why is it that you're never able to? make or provide for yourself what you need because you're always living above your means.
1: Mm, very good point. Very good point. And there are some people, I know some folks, Shante, who will take a vacation before they pay their mortgage or their car payment.
2: And then looking for, uh, asking for um, with their handout later on, can you help me? Can you help me? No. That's not how this works. No. Because if, if I'm able to do what I need to do as far as for what comes into my household and then still be able to do other things. It may not be exactly what I want to do, but at least it's something that makes me happy based on what I have. Mm.
1: Do you feel there should be boundaries in the help you give people?
2: Yes, it should. Because that at the end of the day, it drains you. It drains you mentally and it drains your pocket. It literally, (laughs) literally drains your pocket. And it's like crabs in a
1: bucket. Mm-hmm. We're all in a bucket together. Now, I mean, you're a mess and I can't get out. It, it, and I think that's unfair to people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to know what, how much we can help in boundaries.
2: Right. Because it, it, there's, there's a difference between helping and then taking over someone mm. else's issue or situation.
1: That's a very good point. And I, in fact, Maria, you know, what Shante said is very true. We don't know your situation. So our advice is really based on the one statement you just gave us, the question. But I do hope that if you're decide, if you staying in the situation, here's another example, it's something that's quick. People stay because they feel they're so needed and the company will not survive without them. That is another form of imprisonment. It's kind of that self-imprisonment, the psychological imprisonment, where you re- honestly feel that your value, your presence is so detrimental. But what happens when you die? Somebody gets hired. Yeah. life goes on for the living. So you have to find a point where at the end of the day, people are expendable. Yeah. Even when you're self-employed, your immortality can impact millions of people, if not hundreds or thousands or tens, whatever is working for you. So therefore you have to find yourself to realize that you are significant in that hour. And
2: I'm going to add to that because based on what you said, it's it from you know, it just left from one career to another, and I felt like I was—I—I I, I know my value as far as from leaving that that job to a new one, and I felt like I was kind of in a way I felt like I was betraying them. But if I was such an asset, why not give me more?
0: Mm.
2: So don't 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 imprison yourself because you feel you you at that point you do feel like you are worth more. But if they don't see your value, they I, I had to, I had to have a little talk with one of my friends, um, um, Toya, and Billy knows her as well. And I was telling her before I left my last my last job, like I don't know if I'm doing if I'm doing the right thing. Hmm. I don't know if I'm going in the right direction. And she told me she said, no, shake that off because if they really wanted you to stay, they would have given you better. But they haven't. So don't don't let that stop you from where you're being led to where God is leading.
1: And it's so funny because it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to leave on, a bad, on bad terms. No. And, and we didn't in either no. cases. But if you don't sometimes to grow, you got to go. Yes. You have to go. And it's, it, those situations, it comes up so often. I've had to do that six times in my career. Six times for the different institutions and positions I've had within an institution. Mm-hmm. So I've worked now at in five institutions in my lifetime. Six, actually. And I'm, I'm currently at Broward College and I'm at Nova. And I hope this would be it, and especially for the Broward to ride on out for the remainder of my career. But should it not be, I understand. I guess our philosophy on change is so different. You can never get too complacent in a place because then you stop growing. Right. And if you, here's a, a suggestion, Maria, you should talk to your boss to find out. Um, if you feel that you're unfulfilled at work in your duties, Have you had that conversation with your supervisor? And if you have a supervisor who receives such conversation, then that's the win. But if you say you have someone who's unapproachable, that's a whole different conversation. And so you got to find out what works. But if you're unfulfilled, usually words like that have nothing to do. You can have the best boss in the world and still be lousy and and unhappy in your work. Mm -hmm. That's a different conversation. What are your talents? What are you good at? No use first, because that's going to help determine where you go. I like to speak. I like to write. I like to communicate, engage people, and to teach. I found that in teaching. I'm doing that through Blog Talk Radio. Shantae is outspoken in her career work. She likes working with numbers in the public and customer relations. She had to operate in that skill set. I'm not out here being a culinary chef. I'll cook for my friend, as we will eat tonight very well. But I'm not out here opening a restaurant. So I have to know myself. And do you know yourself, Maria, is the question. Very interesting points. So i tell you, we have about four more questions in 14 minutes, so we're gonna see if we can get them in. This is from Sylvia from Orlando, Florida. She says, "I have a coworker who's unhappy, and she makes everyone miserable, and no one addresses it. Is this common?"
2: Yes, that's very common. There's always that one person that is like, "Here comes the clouds when they come." Mm. And, then, and you can tell when they're not there, it's so nice. It's, it's like the, the sun is shining, the birds are out chirping. But it's like as <laughs> soon as they come in office, here comes the cloud because they bring that, they bring everything outside of the office. And that's one thing with a job. You have to leave that stuff out the door because that's not what we're here to do. That's right. If you're looking for someone to talk to, you know, you get a therapist. That's or right. Event and, and talking it and, and discussing it with someone, but no, that
1: that is common. It is yeah. very common. It's funny, Shanta You you made me think it was another character we know, <laughs> <laughs> a, or by teaching days, mm-hmm. one in particular. And I just always thought, do you have anything to do? All this energy you're putting in creating ruckus and stirring the pot among your peers. Mm-hmm. Go teach. I I remember shouting to her with that. Why are you so wrapped up in nothing? And also to may also add, I feel it's very sad when I find someone who is older than I doing that because I'm thinking you're supposed to be the model I'm supposed to be following and here you are acting like a child in the playground. Even children behave better than this because once their play is done, they know that they need to govern themselves in a different way. And so I find it very strange. And Sylvia, you're finding folks who are unhappy. Unless you get paid to supervise them, that's not your issue either. And it is funny, though. I must admit, nepotism does take place at work, and some people like to keep people around because of who they know right. or because they feel sorry for them. We don't hire people on community-based opinions. No. We hire people to do jobs based on their qualifications, and so sometimes we get caught up. It's, it's nice to do the human thing, but at what cost? You have to know your boundaries with those kind of conversations. But someone who's miserable, the one question, if I, at least in education, Shante knows it's in customer relations as well. If you don't like people, you can't do what we do. No. Choose something else. <laughs>
2: no. You cannot.
1: You gotta even, go elsewhere.
2: Even if even if you, you try your hardest to, to even fake it, it still is not going to work. It's not going to work because something that someone is going to say, whether it's a coworker or a consumer, something they the that they're going to say is going to tick you off. And that's going to bring out who you really are. But this... That line of work just
1: shouldn't be for you. Try something new. It's interesting because, uh, Sylvia, the unhappiness, if it impacts your own progression, especially if you have to work with someone, that's something you need to address with your supervisor. So we have another question from Nilsa from Orlando, Florida. It's a quick one, too. How often is it okay to call out sick? <laughs> right now, Nilsa,
0: <laughs>
1: when do you call out sick? When you're sick. <laughs>
2: You need this job because you you, you, you you need to support yourself. No, you, you shouldn't be calling out sick just because. If you really need it and you shouldn't be at work, um, unless it's just like um maybe just like a little cost, a little dry cost, then maybe still go to work. But if it gets any worse than that, no, you should be home to get well and then come back. But no, to just do it just because no. <laughs> because some people do it. Oh, I'm sick oh, because God. I just went got, got lit at the club last night. Yes, and no. and
1: also so Nelson, when you're off and you're sick, don't check email. No. If, a, a sick day is a non duty day. <laughs> that means don't come into the work after hours and say, Oh, I'm just gonna come in and, 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 and watch some do some files or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You're out, you're out. Here's something else, Shante, people don't realize this. When you have personal days at work, Mm -hmm. you are not required to tell your boss where you're going. No. At all. No. At all. You are not required. And some people do that. They get caught up and say, well, I'm taking a couple days off. When you talk to your peers, sometimes you do that with people you know. But you still have to be a little careful with that because at the end of the day, a non-duty day, your personal time is your personal time. And also be careful with this as well, Nilsa. If you take so many days off, I know where I work, if you're out more than five consecutive days, your supervisor may ask you to bring a letter for clearance to come mm-hmm. back to work for health reasons. Right. And so, so each indi- industry is different, but you may want to watch that yeah. because, hey, too many days out, something must be wrong. If there's nothing wrong and you can't prove that, then there's another issue. Right. Yep. So, Shante, I want to ask you a question because we're on question number 10, actually, for me and you. You know, what can people find you? Because I know that after this fabulous conversation, sometimes fans like to reach out to you, they'll message you on Facebook, they'll tweet you, they'll, they'll follow you on Instagram. Where would you like people to find you? Besides, obviously, I'll tell you this. People often, I'll post your link, whatever you provide, on my homepage so folks can find you there. But how would you like people to reach you in case they want to follow up with you on these phenomenal topics?
2: <laughs> yes, you can reach me on Facebook at Shante Brown or on Instagram at Brown, B-R-O-W-N, sugar, S-U-G-G-A, eight, seven. Brown sugar, eight, seven.
1: Mm, brown sugar. Hold on <laughs> now. Is there another job you want to tell us about, Shante? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, but listen, I have to share. Shantae, you know, you, you are a professional, and you're a young professional who's so much in all your years. Mm-hmm. So people are sometimes surprised that you're so young because you're so experienced. Do
2: mm-hmm. you find that sometimes it works? Yes, especially in um, my new job where, um, where I am. Um, and especially in, in the way that I carry myself or just in the way that I speak, people tell me all the time, thank you for that because you, you retain so much information in the way that you yourself. carry yourself. Well, With the way that I carry myself and the way that I um, dispense the information to them, they're surprised, like, wow, thank you because. I spoke to someone else about the same thing and they did not explain it to me the way that you did. Now I understand.
1: Well said, well said. There's an email coming in, an email from Shanitha J- Johnson McKnight. She says, good afternoon, Shante and Billy. And this is the one and only lady, please. Our dear friend and your dear mom. Point blank, no matter what book you read or what job you do, it should be universal to use and understand the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well said. Yes. Thank you, my dear friend. You are right on. And some people, I always wonder, they, they know that golden rule, but then some people honestly don't think they understand that, or they think it's okay because, well, you did me wrong, and eye for an eye. So they're bringing the other extreme to it. But what you just said, lady, please, is right on. People need to watch themselves. And I always say, how would you want someone who you love, like a mom or a, a, a child or significant, significant other, be treated? Mm-hmm. When they were on the receiving end, came home to tell you those stories, how would you feel if your people, your, these people that you love are being impacted that way and you can't do anything for it? It'll take me off. Mm-hmm. And so you're right with that, lady, please. We appreciate your comments. There are two questions left. I'm going to try to get them in for us as well, Shante. One is from Randy from Hollandale, Florida. Thanks for listening, Randy. Good show. Is there ever a best time to quit or resign from a job?
2: Yeah, so you feel like you're not growing any longer, that that's the best time. But always have a backup plan. Yes. Always make sure that you have something set up before you go, because you never know when you're going to get your next your next check.
1: Well said, and and Randy, you never know who will be your boss today. Mm-hmm. Today your colleague, tomorrow your boss. So don't burn bridges. Yes. Never burn bridges, especially when you live in cities like I call Miami. I love Miami. We can say this, Shontake, if We were born here, mm-hmm. but this is Haterville, yes. and sometimes yes. just in Haterville, population may be a million, but it really can be a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very cognizant of who is around you and who's watching, because somebody knows somebody. You're right. People are watching, and people know people. We run into that all the Thank
2: time. You, oh everybody knows somebody it's like good grief and i mean
1: and we're talking not i'm talking not talking so i mean distant deep deeply trenched connected people mm-hmm. and so we have you have to watch that randy do watch that and then lastly is what question from fernando from miami florida welcome and thank you fernando shante why does work govern so much of our lives i feel america has the concept of work backwards it's <laughs> a good question that all depends, Fernando.
2: Yeah, it it depends on your, it depends on your on your job. It
0: sure it's sure does.
2: If it's something that you just need, what was the the other question from the other, um, guest earlier? If it's something that you just need to make money for right now, then do your best. But later on, once you're actually able to find something that you actually take pride in doing, then that's where you break the barrier of an actual job and doing something that I love to do.
1: And so that was so beautifully stated. Uh, Anike, one of my dear colleagues here at Everyday Folks, she says, hello, oh my goodness, speak the truth. You have to move on if you are not fulfilled and you will never get to that fulfillment in that situation. Thank you for saying that. Shantae, I want to say thank you for an awesome show. I mean, these questions were good. How do you feel? I feel good.
2: This is <laughs> really nice, especially with the questions coming in. It. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one, that mm-hmm. <laughs> feels this way.
1: And we all at work, regardless of where we're at, no, minute, no matter how many years, you still have experiences. We ha- You still have challenges. Mm-hmm. And the goal of this segment was not to get folks to be angry or bitter about work, but to understand that we're all human. Right. And that at a personal level, at a at a subconscious level, we have to remember that and understand that whoever we bring or whatever we bring to work has significance or impact on others. And so, Shantae, I want to say thank you so much for being an awesome guest. I can't wait to see what the analytics say in terms of our listenership today, but I know it was buzzing with all these people who were emailing and supporting our show. And to you, the listeners, I want to say thank you for listening to our show. Here at Everyday Folks. The goal of Everyday Folks Radio is to celebrate the achievements and accomplishments of people who are extraordinary everyday people. Shante Brown is my dear friend, and we I've seen her growth, and she's an extraordinary woman. So she's just not everyday. She's everything, okay? And I'm very proud of the work that she's done, and I realize that part of her success reflects on me. And, and she's part of my professional growth. It's much the same as I am a part of hers. To those of you who are listening to the show, thank you for tuning in and continue to tune in to our other exciting programming. Coming up this coming Saturday is our, another exciting segment of Journey into Passion with Anike S. It will be at a new time. I think we moved it to 1 p.m. versus 2 p.m. So do tune in for Anike's exciting segment. And as well, this coming Friday at 1 p.m., we will have another show, another dose of Keeping Up with K-pop, with our K-pop crew. Coming in October, On October 9th and October 30th, Jay Soul, who was my first guest on the show back in January, he's my dear friend and my buddy from college who started in college radio with me. We're going to have a paranormal hour where we're going to be talking about the various historic places and ghost tales and the spiritual world. Is it real or all fiction? So we're going to be talking about that as well in the spirit of the holiday. As well on July 18th, I mean, September 18th, my dear colleague Janelle Viorette, I will be having her featured. And she left working for a major nonprofit organization to start her own company. And we're going to be checking in with her to see where she's, what she's doing. So I'm looking forward to a conversation with my dear colleague as well. This is Billy. Thank you for listening to Everyday Folks. Have a wonderful weekend and a happy Labor Day holiday too. Thank you much.